For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's up, Browns fans? This is Austin Farron from Sugar Creek, Ohio, and you're listening to the Dogs Podcast. Let's kick this thing off. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dogs. We hope you all had a good week. Shout out to Austin from Sugar Creek for that awesome intro right down the road. One of Coach Zach Kopp's old disciples in baseball, so it's good to hear from a local kid. We got a fun episode lined up for you guys today. Brian Bosard from Deep Fried Draft is with us to grade last week's mock draft. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to rip us a new one, so that's exciting. Uh, before we get into that, remember to check us out on Facebook. Please share the episode. Uh, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and please subscribe on YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Head on over to one of those platforms and uh, give us a five-star review if you got time. Uh, we're still looking for more intros into the show like Austin's today, so if you'd like to get your intro on the show, all you have to do is head to www.thedogspodcast.com and click the leave voicemail button at the bottom of the page, say your name and where you're from, and that they're listening to the dogs and get your, uh, get your intro in on the show. Uh, what do you think about that today, Zach? Okay, cool. Uh, Before we get into our mock draft evaluation, we want to remind you all to head to thenorthwest.com. Check out some of the awesome products that our friends at the Northwest Group have to offer. They have pillows, blankets, comforters, beach towels, pretty much anything you can imagine. They can screen print something on it. Uh, Obviously, we're partial to the brown stuff that they offer, but they also have things like Frozen, Star Wars, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. So, you know, if you got kids or, you know, you're like us, a little bit nerdy, you know, check out the Northwest group. Uh, they got some really awesome stuff. You use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at checkout. You receive 25% off your entire order. Uh, we actually got our hands on a few of the items. We're currently running a giveaway contest for them, which we'll get into the details later. And we're going to post a separate video uh, with the details on how you can win these uh, this pillow and this blanket. So uh, make sure you check out that video after we post this episode. And uh, 25% off your entire order at checkout. Promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S. So like I mentioned earlier, we have Brian Bosarge from Deep Fried Draft with us today to pick apart last week's mock draft, uh, give us a little bit of insight on what the Browns might be looking to do. Brian runs DeepFriedDraft.com, and you can check him out on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Uh, thanks for being with us today, Brian. Hey, man, it's a pleasure. I uh, had a good time watching your mock draft show last week, took copious amounts of notes, so we're going to... Uh, <laughs> We're going to have a little fun with this today. Man, uh, yeah, so all you guys on YouTube ripping us apart, you can chill out now. We brought somebody on to rip us apart. Yeah, uh, super <laughs> nervous. You know, we know we know that wasn't a very expert-driven mock draft last week. We got some work to do. Uh, so, Brian, how long have you been, you know, doing mock drafts, analyzing the draft, that kind of thing? Uh, officially, I started Deep Fried Draft uh, in 2012, and uh, – so that was like the, I guess, the official, hey, let's make this really count. But, I mean, I've been following the draft since 1990. I mean, I was 11 years old, and I just became obsessed with the draft. I haven't missed a televised pick of the draft since then. And it's just it's just kind of been an obsession of mine. I live in Mobile, Alabama. I have my entire life home with the Senior Bowl, where they now like to say that's where the draft starts. And so, I mean, I, it kind of, I guess, I really started from there. I went to my first game when I was seven. So, I mean, I'm 42 now, so it's, 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 I've been going at this for a little while. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so you, ha- you said you haven't missed a televised pick since the nineties. So all, every single no. pick, every single pick that they showed on television. Now they used to not show a lot of it, but I, I, I vividly remember this in my mind in 1995 draft, they showed on ESPN, I didn't have ESPN. They kicked the draft over to ESPN 2. No, actually ESPN 2 wasn't even a thing then. But, so they would show every 15 minutes on the bottom line on ESPN, they would show the 
the, the last 30 picks or whatever would go by, I would record there was a NASCAR race on. I would record the NASCAR race so I could rewind and get all the – so I knew all the picks from that draft. <laughs> I, I just remember this vividly in my head. Uh, you're uh, way more devoted to your craft than I am. <laughs> so I'm just going to – that's exciting. Uh, how – you know, how many hours, you know, say, you know, researching like this draft, you know, every single player, how much, you know, is it time consuming? How much, how much time do you put into this? I like to, I like to think of this as, you know, like most, most people my age, most guys my age, they have a hobby, so to speak, where, you know, they go fishing and they spend X amount of dollars a year on fishing or hunting and stuff of that nature. This is essentially, I'm not going to call it a, it's essentially a hobby because I don't, I'm not exactly, you know, becoming financially, you know, rich off this or anything, but it's like, so I spend like during college football season, for example, I'll, I'll DV, DVR 10 to 12 games a week and I'll, you know, I'll rewatch them and I'll record them and I store them on an external hard drive as I'm chopping up the games. And so I, I, I tend to try to get at least three games of every, I, I make a list before the season of 300 players. And I try to get at least three games of each player you know, during the season, you know, if possible. And so I kind of have a generally good idea of every player that I'm watching. How much beer do you drink? Uh, <laughs> during the, uh, is, this, uh, is this a beer drinking thing or just a little off-topic no. question? <laughs> okay, I just actually wondering. don't drink at all. <laughs> okay, I was just throwing that out there, man. Uh, just just feeling that out. Personal question. <laughs> uh, well, hey, that, you know, the, I'm happy you do that because this I think this is going to be awesome. Yes. Um, so – you know, you, you said you took copious amounts of notes. So I guess we'll move into our, uh, our our mock draft. For anybody who didn't get to catch last week's episode, the first pick we made of the draft was at 26. We took Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa, the linebacker. Yay or nay on that one? If you look at nearly every mock draft out there these days, uh, Zayvon Collins is the popular pick for the Browns at 26. So I'm not going to tear it apart too much. I think he fills a need for the Browns. He can do edge rushing on, you know, third down. He can do, you know, he's a, he's solid coverage. He had, uh, you know, a couple of pick sixes in his career, which is not something you normally see from a 260-pound linebacker. Uh, great size. As he tested tremendously at his pro day yesterday. That's another thing that I'm going to kind of – I want to – completely hammer you guys because some of the picks you were made were from players who haven't even had their pro days yet so it's kind of like you know you you maybe you didn't you didn't have all the information mm-hmm. in some of the picks but with collins he had his pro day yesterday um four six seven forty for a 260 pound linebacker 35 inch vertical leap tremendous numbers for a player's his size so i'm not i i, I can understand that pick um a uh, corner. You guys discussed corner a lot, and you were this close to to going with Asante Samuel Jr., who's another corner that I really like. Um, he's my number four overall corner behind Sertan and J.C. Horn, but he was behind one other guy that you guys never even really brought up, although he was on the board at a couple of different spots. And it's a guy who, in my next mock draft, that's probably going to publish later today, I'm going to have the Browns picking at 26. It's Ifiatu Melifonhu from Syracuse. Played at the Senior Bowl. He's a junior, but he was eligible to play 6'2", 205, 4'4", with an 80-inch wingspan, 41.5-inch vertical leap, 11-foot, 2-inch broad jump, tremendous shuttle times, great athlete. I even think he could be a free safety if, if need be. He played both during Senior Bowl practices, but I really like Ifiatu Melifonhu to play opposite of Denzel Ward for Cleveland, but if Zayvon Collins was the pick, I'm not going to fight it. All right, so we didn't do bad in round one, I guess. Um, so if you're going to take that corner uh, in the first round, then I'm assuming with our second round pick, you're not taking Campbell, the cornerback out of Georgia? <laughs> no, I would not. And uh, <laughs> I, Although I do like Tyson Campbell as well. Um, so if, 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 if it went – if you guys went Colin to Campbell, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I want to come back with an edge rusher in the second round because there's another guy that you guys did not really discuss at all that was on the board there that I saw uh, when you guys picked. It's a player out of Houston named Peyton Turner, 6'5", 270, another guy I saw at the Senior Bowl. He hasn't had his pro day yet, but this guy is long. He's 
built long, and he's just he, – he gets after the quarterback nonstop motor. He gets a little off balance sometimes because you ever seen a player where his torso almost seems like it's longer than his legs? Well, he's kind of built like that, but so he gets kind of off balance at times. But his, his motor and uh, ability to get to the quarterback is off the charts. So I would, I would kind of flip-flop almost what you guys did uh, where you guys went sort of edge rusher, linebacker, uh, then corner. I would kind of go corner and come back with the edge guy. I but, think, uh, so, no. I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. no. So, the, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with what you guys did in the first two rounds as far as that goes. Yeah, I'm just kind of – I want to pick your brain too on this, Brian. So, is that driven a lot by the fact that this class is a little more deep with edge rusher talent than it is with cornerback talent? Uh, to an extent, yes. I have, I want to say when I have at least probably 15 to 16 players that I could see being picked in the first three rounds as edge rushers. Guys that are going to be contribute, be able to contribute early at an NFL level, I, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, um, you know, this is, this is the first time I've ever done a full seven-round mock draft. I think it was for a lot of us, I think as I, when I, we got done and I went home and I was kind of rewatching our episode and looking at our mock, I definitely think that, you know, I was rethinking strategy already. I was thinking cornerback first round mm -hmm. and then going that edge in the second round. Um, just because like you said, I think, I think we can get a really good corner in the first round and then still get like a super solid edge in the second. And I think if we go edge first, then that, the cornerback pick in the second might suffer a little bit. Well, the thing with this cornerback class is is you have you only have so many of the true boundary corners or the the outside corners. Where this class is loaded is with nickel guys, and the Browns just spent you know some money on Troy Hill, right? So, and he's probably going to be your nickel this year. So, I don't really think you're you're going to see a nickel corner come in and contribute early at all. Whereas, you know, you you can probably slot in you know, a, a starting corner outside of, 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 on the opposite side of Denzel Ward. Awesome. Yeah, I do think if there's two picks in this draft that are extremely important for the Browns to do their goals, which I think ultimately is Super Bowl this year, I think hitting on this first and this, this second-round pick are they're, they're key. They can't miss on these two guys, basically. Um, so then we moved into our third-round pick. We took the defense, the interior defensive lineman out of LSU Tyler Shelvin, what can you tell us about him? Was that a good pick, or did we reach? Um, currently, at this point in time, because you guys did not have the pro day information for Mr. Shelvin, Tyler Shelvin will now come in at the 29th ranked interior defensive lineman on my board. Uh, well, I think we reached. <laughs> <laughs> he, he weighs in at 6'2", 350. There have there are reports out there that he has been close to 400 pounds at times. You did, you guys did touch on the fact that yeah. he's had weight issues at LSU. And I'm not saying that he's not uh, willing to change the idea of that, but most players, when you see, you hear these reports that they've had weight issues, they tend to continue to have weight issues once they get to the NFL, but his testing was bad. Um, he tested in the top in the bottom twelve percent of at, of athletes at that position since nineteen eighty seven. Um, he's runs a five uh, five four forty with a twenty eight and a half inch vertical eight just a barely an eight foot broad jump. His three cone time was eight one nine. I mean, he's basically going to be a two down run plugger. Is that something you want to spend you know high draft capital on? I personally would not. Now, you guys lose Larry Ogunjobi to the Bengals, so I feel like you're you've got a you've got maybe a nose with Andrew Billings, Shelton Richardson. You know, you brought him back, so I think you're looking for more of a pass rushing, maybe interior defensive lineman here, and a guy on the board that uh, I would look for here that was on the board when you guys picked was Levi Onwuzariki. From Washington, six three two ninety has pass rush upside. Ran a four eight five forty at two hundred ninety pounds. Twenty nine bench press reps of two twenty five. Had a thirty inch vertical, nine foot broad jump. Tested in the top ninety one percent of uh at 
uh, athletic testing uh, for his position group. So complete opposite of Tyler Shelvin, so to speak. I think Anwu Zariki is a guy, you know, that would fit in better for the Browns at uh, pick 89. Yeah, he sounds way better. You already convinced me that our pick sucks. <laughs> yeah, actually, so, yeah. I just texted uh, Andrew Barry and I said, hey, uh, later on, check out this episode. We got some ideas for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the the well, the the not having the pro day information on Shelvin, definitely, I think if we would have saw that he came into his pro day and was still heavy and that kind of thing, I mean, that that's definitely a red flag. If you can't get up for your – I mean, he might have just cost himself, you know, millions of dollars. So if you can't get up for a couple million dollars, I don't know if we got room for you on our fifty-three man roster. Um, well, another thing with Shelvin is with, with when you're talking about like, can you not get up for your party? Dude didn't even play this past season. He right. sat out. He opted out of the season. So you had an entire year to get ready for this day, and you failed. Yeah, that's definitely a red flag. Yeah, and we kind of I know we kind of picked apart some other players too because of the opt out situation, saying, well, you know, we don't have any information or data on you since 2019 and you've lost an entire year of development and experience and then we we picked tyler shelvin (laughs) (laughs) all right so we'll give that one we'll call that a d minus pick we'll call it a noopsie how's that uh okay so that moves us into our next pick we took uh the safety out of florida state and i know i'm gonna butcher his name hamsa nazarel dean what do you think of him I like him as a player, and I like to get your explanation on him. He's basically going to be your hybrid uh, nickel linebacker, so to speak. I mean, a guy who's going to come in in your dime package, and he's going to be your your sole linebacker because he can cover, he can run, he can tackle. He's he's a good player. Um, he's had some injury issues. That is his. That is why he's going to be available to you at pick ninety one. If he's got a clean bill of health, he's not available at this point. In my opinion, uh, he tested. Solidly at Florida State's pro day, um, he wasn't. He didn't wow anything. He didn't. Uh, he didn't run the forty because of the injuries. He didn't do a broad jump because of the injuries coming off of. He he played well at the Senior Bowl. Had a good week of practice. Um, so I, I like Nazareel Dean here um, for your pick at ninety one. I actually did the double check mark by that pick. So I thought he was the best player about what are you guys at 91? Well, Hey, look at us go. You know what? Pretty sure that was my pick guys. Just uh, <laughs> throwing it out there. Well done. Look at us. Uh, well, it's good to see that we rebounded nicely from the Tyler Shelvin debacle. Uh, all right. So, you know, we don't want to rest too much on our laurels. So I guess we'll move right, right into our next pick, you know, let you tear us apart some more. We took St. Brown, the wide receiver out of USC. We do think the Browns need a little bit of wide receiver depth, especially if not for this year, in you know a couple of years down the road, so were we way off base with St. Brown, or were we on the right track? No, I think and that's about right where he uh, could end up being drafted. Maybe in that uh, he could go a little bit higher, maybe the late third, um, early fourth round area. There are some other wide receivers that could be available at this spot that you know you you could banter about with. Um, it just really depends on what you're looking for as as a Browns team at wide receiver. Are you looking for a slot guy? Um, because if so, I think there were, uh, maybe better players, uh, available for that particular spot. Uh, if you're looking for depth at the outside position, you know, you, you could argue a couple of other guys. Uh, I was more along the lines of, because there was a guy available here, um, that was on the board. I don't think he's going to be available at this point in time. I don't, I don't know how updated the, uh, PFF simulator was that you guys used, but I'm I'm a fan of uh, offensive guard Trey Smith. I'm actually going to have a first round grade on him, uh, and he was available in the fourth round in this simulator. So like I said, I'm not I don't really I'm not going to say you know too much about hey we should have took him because I I don't really think he's going to be there. Yeah, uh, the, when push comes to shove, the the simulator we we did some stuff uh, some simulations early in the week and to on different ones to see which one we thought was the best, and the, the PFF one seemed like the best. And then as soon as we go live on our show, Trevor Lawrence went third. So I don't know what happened yeah. with that simulator. Uh, but, okay, so so it sounds to me like in that round, if there's an interior offensive lineman available, maybe we should be looking there. Is that what, uh, you're, is that what you're thinking, or you just think? Not, not necessarily, not necessarily uh, because I'm going to come back to your next pick here in the fourth round, and we'll talk about that again because, um, 
I think you guys hit hit a home run with that pick. But it's just to touch on receiver here because I feel like receiver at this spot is a good spot for you guys to go with a receiver. I just don't really um, – it, it could be St. Brown if he's on the board. I also really like Shai Smith, a uh, receiver from South Carolina, is another guy. Um, if Anthony Schwartz from Auburn is available here on the board, this guy, if he is concentrated on track, could be running in the 2021 Summer Olympics for Team USA. Um, it was it was a – he ran a four two seven forty at Auburn's Pro Day, and I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in a four two seven forty in my life. <laughs> I, was, I, 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 tweeted, I tweeted out after it happened, and I said, I was expecting Usain Bolt, and I got Justin Gatlin. Now, if you follow the Olympics, you know that Justin Gatlin always finished second to Usain Bolt in the Olympics <laughs> in the 100-meter dash. But that's kind of what I was expecting. I was expecting him to, you know, run sub 4-2, and I got 4-2-7, which is still – amazingly fast yeah. i mean uh anthony schwartz he's uh, essentially is six, he's six foot 186 auburn used him more as a gadget player and uh and a go route that was essentially what his role was at auburn i think he i think he can be more than that if he gets nfl coaching so uh anthony schwartz is a guy if he's available for the browns at pick 110 as a guy i could see you know could be transformative for their offense if if given the chance Raiders are uh, getting ready to trade yeah. up. Uh, yeah. Is he fast? Yeah. First round. First round yeah. pick talent. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, I really like that, and I, I love getting some insight on some of these receivers that we could maybe hit on later in the draft because I think we do – receivers not like that immediate need. We don't need a starter, but we need somebody who can develop into a starter next year, year after for sure. I think next year is going to be very yeah. – it's, it's kind of who knows where it's – where we're even I mean, and you, and you could also have inside the building there. They feel that you know they already have this guy in Donovan Peoples Jones. Maybe you know they think that hey, we we drafted this guy last year. We think he's going to develop into more than what he gave us in year one because he was just because at Michigan Donovan Peoples Jones was completely underused as a player, and he started playing a little bit better as the season went on for the Browns. So he could be a you know they could feel like they already have that guy in the building, so to speak. Um. So they, they may not even feel like receivers even a need at all. I know, at least on this show, we were all really impressed with Donovan Peoples-Jones by the end of last season. And that's saying a lot for three big-time Ohio State fans. <laughs> but, um, you know, he really came on late, and I was, I was super impressed with what he gave us by the end of the season. So, I mean, you're right. We, we could be thinking that he's the guy of the future. We might not even address wide receiver. Um, okay, so then – you know, we'll let you t- talk about our home run pick here. Uh, the next pick, we took the tackle uh, out of Notre Dame, and his name is Robert Hainsey, and apparently we did an awesome job with this pick. You did, and I'll tell you why. Because at the Senior Bowl, Robert Hainsey didn't even play tackle. Although he was a tackle at Notre Dame, he didn't measure with 32-inch arms at his pro day. So that's a bit short. For a tackle, the threshold tends to be 33, 33 and a half inches is what NFL teams feel is cut off before they move you inside. At the Senior Bowl, Hansey played center all week, position he never played at Notre Dame, did a great job with it all week. In practice, handled it well, played guard, he played tackle. He played all five positions during Senior Bowl practices. Robert Hansey is a guy, if you look at your offensive line, your starters are set. You feel good about every starter you've got up front. You need the depth guys. And Robert Hainsey, basically, he's going to be – you draft him here at pick 132. He's active on game day. He's one of your seven offensive linemen that are active on game day. He backs up all five positions. Great pick here with Robert Hainsey if he's available at 132. Awesome. You, you think there's a chance he is, or you think that was more of a PFF simulator throwing us a bone? Um, I, I think he's probably, you know, if he's off the board in the middle of round three, I'm not going to be surprised. But, you know, other teams have different needs. And, you know, somebody like every year you see guys that fall through to the fourth round that you wouldn't you know, wouldn't expect to be there. Hainsey could, you know, be one of those guys that falls through the cracks. But I think he's probably more of a uh, high third round uh, grade on my board. But, you know, could the very real possibility he could slip to the uh, – slip awesome. to that, uh, to that mid, mid to late fourth round area couple other guys that were on the board that, you know, if you hadn't addressed these positions early in the draft, uh, 
a defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman, Bobby Brown the third from uh, Texas A&M. Guy, high upside player, a couple corners, you know, if you had uh, Cameron Bynum and a couple edge rushers, uh, Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa was a guy really like they were on the board. But uh, Josh Myers, center from Ohio State, you guys love the Ohio State guys. I think, you know, if he was, uh, if Hainsey's not on the board, he could be, be, he could be a guy that could back up all three interior positions uh, for, for the Browns if he's available there at 132. Awesome. Well, hey, good job, guys, on that pick. I really, pre- I think that was my pick. I so. think, yeah, you pushed pretty hard for that yeah. one too. Okay, um, so that moves us into uh, you know our next pick. We went back with edge at the edge rusher out of Duke, Chris Rumpf. Um, home run or no? <laughs> he hasn't tested yet because uh, or he uh, he didn't. We wasn't able to test at their pro day because I think he's coming off a, a minor injury. Um, but Rumpf has. He's a little undersized at 6'3", 244, not the biggest, so he's probably going to be a stand-up rusher. At the, um, He was very productive at Duke uh, his entire career, so you like to see that. Um, there were a couple, maybe a couple other guys on the board that I would have gone with here that I, I like. Uh, Chauncey Golston from Iowa, 6'4", 268. Uh, he tested well at his pro day, had a good week at the Senior Bowl, even despite being a late ad. I like uh, Ade Ogundiji from Notre Dame is another guy that uh, I could see being there for the Browns. If you want to draft and stash a guy because he uh, tore his Achilles training in the draft, but I think he would have uh, he would have been much higher on my board had it not been for that, is another guy, uh, the guy from Vanderbilt named Dio Ode Ingbo. Um, from Vandy, 6'5", 265, very productive in the SEC for the last three years. So, uh, But he would be a guy that's definitely – he's gonna he's probably going to be houred all season. You have to think he's not going to recover from an Achilles to be able to play this year. Um, but you guys have mentioned running back, like, at, at different points in time, had discussed, you know, taking a running back because you have Chubb, you have Kareem Hunt. But, you know, it gets kind of iffy after that. So a guy I had checkmarked here to take instead of Rump was Colin Hill from Mississippi State. Uh, tremendously productive running back for the two years before this year. Uh, had a little issue with Mike Leach's coaching style. Maybe they butted heads a little bit. I get it. It's Mike Leach. Anybody who's followed college football knows he can be a bit of a headache. <laughs> um, but a uh, 4.57 guy, uh, decent athlete, but uh, – Great, he's a great runner um, outside the tackles, in between the tackles. He in his first game this year, he had eight yards rushing, but had eight catches for 130 yards against LSU in the first game of the season. So he can help out of the backfield. Uh, will probably contribute a lot on special teams. So I like Colin Hill here, another running back who's going to be available. Probably would be available in the seventh round at this point. I think. But a guy I really have fallen in love with in the, during this process is a running back from Maryland named Jake Funk. 5'10", 205, runs a 4'49", 38-inch vertical, 10-foot broad jump, uh, 6'7", 1'3", cone time, tested in top 97% of athletes. Uh, great production this year, but he was hurt every year previous to this. But he's one of the better was one of the better kick returners in the Big Ten in Maryland prior to his injury. So he gives you a lot of special teams upside as well. And that, and and let's be honest, if you're drafting when you're drafting guys in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round, they have to make it on special teams, or you're just going to cut them. They're just not going to be. They're not going to make the team. Especially so good. Especially like why well, I think you were going to say with the Browns roster, it's pretty loaded. Yeah, let's be mm-hmm. honest. You you've probably got forty. 40, 45 guys already on your team that you're not going to cut. So you're basically, you've got, you know, 10 picks here, seven are going to make it, and the rest of them are going are to go. So you've you got to get guys who are going to, that have to be better special teams players than some of the guys you already have. Okay, okay. So that moves us into pick 211. Um, uh, we got two more picks in this draft, and I already know that you're going to lambast us for one. So uh, pick 211. We took center out of Penn State, Michael Menet. Menet. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Um, you know, 
I think we took this guy before we knew that Hainsey could probably also play center. So I'm assuming this wasn't a great pick, but what do you think? Well, and, and the other part is you've already taken Hainsey, so how many other offensive linemen are you going to be able to fit on? Because you've got to feel like you like some of your backup linemen, like Chris Hubbard, you know, Alex. I like two of your backup tackles are guys that I thought had tremendous upside. Alex Taylor from South Carolina State, Greg Sonat from Wagner. Those were two guys I thought were high upside guys when they came in. They bounced around a little bit, practice squad, such as that. Uh, Nick Harris um, had to – uh, he played a little bit last year, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's you, you probably only got room for one offensive lineman if you're going to draft. It's going to make it. So if you drafted Hainsey, you got to feel like it would be a long shot for Michael Manet to make this roster. Um, maybe maybe you're drafting to push pushing to the practice squad, but if, if for the sake of argument here. I would probably have not taken Michael Manet. Um, if you haven't taken a wide receiver up to this point, which you have with St. Brown, but there's a couple other wide receivers that were available that I really like. Josh Palmer from Tennessee is another guy I liked. Uh, Marquis Stevenson's another special teams, high special teams upside uh, player from Houston. Uh, linebacker Ernest Jones, who I had checked here from South Carolina, uh, highly productive the past two seasons of South Carolina starting uh, – starting Mike Linebacker, um, and since I'm a South Carolina, you know, fan, that's who I follow on a weekly basis. I've watched every game he's played in college, and he's another guy that I uh, I think has high, uh, high special teams acumen, so to speak, uh, to contribute at the next level. So uh, he's a guy that I would have looked for here, but if you've taken Hainsey already, probably not going to take Michael Monet. Yeah, I think that was Josh's pick, so – yeah, it was, yeah, Zach's, yeah. It was yeah. Zach's pick. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so that moves us into the last pick of the draft, and Zach's not even here, so we can't make fun of him. Uh, but we took Robinson, the running back out of Alabama, and I'm pretty sure, like he, he's not even draft eligible now. <laughs> so he is not. He opted. He opted to go back to school because the NCAA allowed everybody to basically. This was basically like a. You know, a, a free year for free year of eligibility for every player in college football. So every senior that entered the draft had to inform the NFL that they intended to do it. Brian Robinson was not one of those guys. Now Brian Robinson will go back to Alabama next year and probably be the featured back. So we could be talking about him as a you know higher draft pick next year. Um, but he's not in this draft, so therefore you essentially uh, drafted. <laughs> Nobody here in the seventh round. We, we, do we draft his rights for uh, after he's yeah, like a first right. round guy for next year? Is uh, that, uh, it doesn't work like that, does it? Uh, no, it does not. He's it, not a he's not a European point guard. Darn, yeah, that's what I maybe I mixed up the NBA there. Okay, hey, is oh, there wow. a was there a draft eligible player at this spot that you thought we should have looked at? There's a cup. There was a couple of guys I had. You know, I didn't really make a whole lot of notes on the seventh round because it's the seventh round and the odds right. of this guy making your roster is probably not great anyway. But there is a receiver I wanted to, another receiver I want to talk about from Illinois named Josh Emma Torbhebhe. I'm not I, I was no actually just about I pulled him up on my screen because I've been hearing stuff about this guy and I just cannot say his name so I was going to ask you how to say it. <laughs> no I, I, I have not bothered to look that up just yet. But six one two eighteen receiver runs a four five three forty. You're saying, okay, that's not great. Then you get to his vertical leap of forty six and a half inches. That is ridiculous. Uh, Eleven foot two inch broad jump. Um, he was solidly productive at Illinois, but he could only do so much with the quarterback play he'd received his entire career. There has been bad, but he's a guy that I like. Um, there was another offensive tackle available. We just talked about, you know, you're probably not going to draft a guy here, but I really like Tommy Doyle from Miami, Miami of Ohio. Uh, he's a guy I watched live um, at the Winding Tree Bowl a couple of years ago um, when they played Arkansas State, I believe. No, I'm sorry, they played Louisiana, uh, University of Louisiana. He's 6'8", 320. Uh, Great athlete, tested well, 32-inch vertical jump, uh, has 35-inch arms. Uh, but I think he completely just erased the entire right side of the Louisiana defensive line in that game. And I'm like, okay, I'm writing this guy down. He's a junior. I know he's not coming out this year. And then he opted out of 
this season prior to it, but then opted back in and played. Um, he had a, I went back and watched his tape against Ohio State from the 2019 season. I thought he did a solid job. He had, you know, got beat up, you know, one or two times. It's to be expected, but against Ohio State, but he, uh, he's, he's a good high upside offensive tackle. He may be one of these guys that if you draft in the fifth to seventh round, maybe he doesn't make your roster, you know, out of the gate, but you are able to put him on the practice squad and, you know, you sneak him through, and then he makes, you know, he ends up contributing for you down the road. But Tommy Doyle's a guy I wanted to talk about him before I got off this uh, podcast. He's a guy I really like. So, um, I, something I did want to ask you with, the, you know, as deep as the Browns roster is that we talked about, and they have nine picks. Do we need nine picks, or do you see them being aggressive and trying to move around this draft a little bit and maybe giving up a couple of these picks to do so to possibly move up and grab somebody? Because I just don't see, like you said, we're gonna if we draft nine guys, nine guys aren't making this roster. History tells us that they will. Absolutely, um, their their uh, their front office is generally aggressive, uh, and you're going to see maybe do a lot of uh, what you call pick swaps, where you know you move up, you know you you like maybe you like somebody in the upper part of the third round. So you give up pick 89 or 91 and, you know, maybe the fifth round pick to move up to the top of the third round, you know, or, you know, swap positions, you know, come up in the fourth round, but go back in the fifth round, so to speak. They, they, they've done that a lot in the past. And yes, I would anticipate the, uh, the Browns will do, um, at least I would, I would dare say probably one or two trades, um, during the weekend you know, involved in some of these picks. Because, yeah, they have nine picks. There's no way nine rookies are going to make this roster. So, yeah, yeah. They, would be, they would be wise to be, a, to be aggressive, to target the players they want. And you can see maybe even doing it in the first round. Maybe yep. there's a uh, – yep. maybe one of these other corners. You know, one of the top corners like J.C. Horn from uh, South Carolina or yep. uh, Patrick Sertan uh, the second from Alabama slips a little bit into that mid uh, into the mid to late teens and the Browns get aggressive and come up from 26, you know, and give up one of those third round picks and, you know, maybe a, the fifth round pick or one of their fourth round picks to go up, give up three and four to package with their one and go up, you know, five or six spots to get one of those corners. You could definitely see it. And it's, it's something that they've done in the past and yeah, they've got probably will do. That's what we were kind of talking about too, you know, between episodes here and just saying, you know, with, with our win now window that we're in, it makes sense to just say, okay, let's sacrifice some of these extra picks that we have in this draft. And just, if there's a guy that the Browns are like, that's our guy, go get him. I just, I've heard a lot recently just with JC Horn. I just keep hearing people just, you know, he's a stud. He's great. But I mean, we're, me and Blake were talking about it on the way over how much it would cost to go from 26. I think in the latest mock draft, they have him at like 10 to Dallas. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know how much you like if I don't know if it how much that would take to move that high up you know to go up sixteen spots into the top ten if he did you well, know, go at ten history if you go back the last you don't really have to go back that far to see and but it was for a quarterback so the pricing gets a little bit different when you're going up to get a quarterback but in the Mahomes draft the Chiefs went up from 27 to 10 and it cost them their one the next year. In the same draft, Buffalo went up, I'm sorry, Houston went up from 26 to 12. It cost them their one the next year. I'm, I personally would not be willing to part with a one next year to move up for a corner. And you're obviously not moving up for a quarterback. So, it's, it's that's why I said I think you would have to see one of them have to slip mm-hmm. into the to the late teens for the Browns to be able to, to feel comfortable striking. And you may also get to the situation where the Browns are like at twenty six, and okay, there's a lot of players that we really like on the board here. We move out and maybe pick up some capital for next year as well. Maybe trade out into the twenty twenty two draft, you know, with a team wanting to you know, move back into the first, they give up their one next year or something of that nature. So you could see something something like that happen where the Browns just move out 
let's hope that doesn't happen because we're hosting a live draft party and that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going home. Yeah. Uh, that would be terrible. So let's hope, let's, let's hope that well, doesn't happen. The thing, though, with this first round is I just – I don't know what you think, Brian, but I think a lot of – I think we're going to see quarterbacks – start to go in that top 10, which, like you said, could push some of these guys the Browns have their eye on into that mid-teen, late-teen area? There's a scenario out there that I, I don't think it will happen, but I, I put it at, at about a 3% chance of happening. But there, there's a scenario out there where you could see quarterback go one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. where you have you know Lawrence to the Jag- Jaguars, uh, Wilson to the Jets. I think those two are locked in. We can probably yeah. we can probably write those down at ten. I think the Forty ers you know, look to is it is it Mac Jones? That seems to be the smoke now. I don't believe it, but you know, yeah. maybe they like Fields or or whatever. Atlanta, maybe they're ready to move on from Matt Ryan, so they go quarterback at four. That's also never happened in NFL history. Quarterback goes one, two, three, four. It's never happened. But then you see, all right, there's one quarterback left. The Bengals obviously aren't taking a quarterback. So, but teams like the Panthers or the maybe even the Lions or the Broncos, they want to get that fifth quarterback. So now the Bengals are in prime position to cash in on a desperate team that wants the last quarterback available in the first round to come up to five. And that in that scenario, you could have quarterback go one, two, three, four, five. Well, it's awesome uh, for Cincinnati. It's terrible for the Browns, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati gets just better and younger, you know, through the draft. Um, so I, this isn't necessarily uh, Browns related, but you know, I did have a, a question. I'm, I've been hearing a ton of stuff about Justin Fields, like dropping a ton in this draft. People not liking him. You know, we're seeing all the like you said, the smoke about the Niners loving Mac Jones and going to take him at three. I, to me, that sounds crazy. But, you know, I didn't watch 300 extra college games this year. So, what, I mean, what are you seeing? Is is Mac Jones suddenly better than Justin Fields? No. I mean, I'm just going to be – I'm just going to give you a straight answer. No. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields is my number two uh, quarterback behind Lawrence. Lawrence is one of the best quarterback prospects I've watched, you know, since I've started deep ride draft. Um, but Fields, to me, I mean – I can just look at one play against Clemson where he, you know, has a pass rush in his face, moves to the left, and just drops a complete dime 60 yards in the air to Olive uh, for a touchdown. That was one of the best throws I've seen all in the last four years from any quarterback prospect. So, I mean, and he's a tremendous athlete. I wish he would have tested just to completely show how great of an athlete he really was. But, I mean, he does run the 40, and that's it. But, I mean, 4-4 four, four speed for a, a quarterback his size is off the charts. Now, I love Justin Fields as a prospect. I think he's going to be a tremendous starter in the NFL level. I just – I don't understand why he's going to – why he seems to be – why the slander is out there against him. I, I don't know. But then again, I mean, to play devil's advocate here, I like – I really love Josh Rosen as a prospect when he came out. He was my QB1 that year in, in that draft class. But you heard a lot of chatter come out in the month leading up to the draft about his, you know, teams didn't like his attitude and stuff of that nature. And the guy's now on, like, his fifth NFL team since 2018. So, I mean, you, I mean, I guess it, it's you can't completely blow it off as offhand, I, I suppose, but it's not going to affect – how I rank quarterbacks, and because to me, I just I can't have I can't say that Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. I just can't. <laughs> okay. I don't think I mean, you uh, can. Either. Mac, I'm sorry, Mac Jones is a better quarterback. Than sorry, that's that's kind of how I felt. You know, Mac Jones, in my opinion, he reminds me of other than maybe Tua, every Alabama quarterback we've seen in the last decade. Just the guy who got to play with you know five future Pro Bowl receivers and the biggest best offensive line and you know a, a Heisman finalist running back I mean I could probably play quarterback in that system so you know I mean that's being crazy but it just I want to get your you know your thoughts on that because I don't know I'm a huge Justin Fields fan and I just I couldn't believe what I've been hearing the last week about I mean I saw a mock draft with him falling all the way to the Patriots I think that was Tom I mean, McShay's. Yeah, yeah, Patriots traded up to yeah. eleven to take him, yeah. and he had a, a. He showed he, you know, he made some throws. I don't know if it was his pro day, 
they were showing some of his throws, and I'm like, these all look really, really good. These are all really nice throws. I'm not sure what's going on that, you know, he's dropping. In the scenario that I just described earlier, I think for that scenario to come to play, you would need to see the 49ers draft Mac Jones at three and then the Falcons draft Trey Lance at four. And I think that is the play. If the Falcons are going to draft a quarterback, I think it's going to be Trey Lance because the contract structure for Matt Ryan is basically he's uncuttable and untradeable at the very least for this this season. His cap hit this year would be like $40 million. Dead money if they were to cut him. You, You can't do that. But if any quarterback needs to probably sit a year and develop, or maybe even two, it's probably Trey Lance, right? I think we can all agree on that. He's played one, he played one year as a redshirt freshman at North Dakota State, and that was it. So, but if Trey Lance was to go four, then you have Justin Fields as your own quarterback sitting there at five. I think you see a scenario where the Panthers are probably going to give the Bengals their number one pick in 2022, probably a one and a three this year maybe even a one and a two this year, and they're going to go up from eight to five and take uh, Justin Field. Great, just what we want. Bengals with more draft capital. (laughs) Yeah, the the division's Uh, not tough enough. (laughs) For the record, guys, we haven't talked about this yet, but I'm a Bengals fan. Oh, no, you saved that. Listen, it's okay. It's an Ohio thing. I mean, obviously, division rival, but at least you're not a Pittsburgh fan or a Baltimore fan, so it's it's okay. You you tolerated us pretty well so far, Brian. I got to say, I'm pretty impressed with you. Hey, you guys got a a hell of a quarterback, so it's okay. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what he does. Man, this could be a good little rivalry moving forward. We'll have to get you on here during Bengals week. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, another uh, another thing with Mac Jones, and, and to a lesser extent, I liken this last year or when of uh, there was a somebody was talking about Jake Fromm from Georgia, and I really liked um, Cole McDonald from Hawaii. I didn't like him, so to speak, but I, I likened it to this, and I'm going to say this with Mac Jones and, and some of the other like Justin Fields and Trey Lance. You can go to the gas station in most states, not Alabama, because Alabama sucks. <laughs> but you can go to most gas stations and buy a scratch off a scratch off ticket, right? Your odds of hitting the scratch off ticket payout is a lot higher than when you buy the Powerball ticket and winning that jackpot, right? Right. But to me personally, I'm rather buy the Powerball ticket because I'd rather be able to retire tomorrow than winning two hundred dollars on a scratch off ticket. And to me, Mac Jones is a scratch off ticket, where Trey Lance and Justin Fields is your potential Powerball winnings. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it yes. does. Yep. And that's that's kind of where I'm at. Give me the give me the chance for the big payout. Well, don't forget about us when you you know when you hit that payout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're we looking for sponsors. Yeah, deep yeah. fried draft sponsor. Yeah. The, sponsor yeah. the show. I'll travel around to the Senior Bowl and stuff like that. I'm I'll yeah. probably, I'm, probably, I'm not going to bring anything uh, you know really really good to the table, but uh, I'm down. Just count me in. Brian, before before we kind of wrap this thing up, one last thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I think next episode we're going to kind of dive into maybe the top edge rushers, top cornerbacks, kind of looking at that first pick of the Browns to see, you know, kind of familiarize ourselves and the fans with some names and some of their traits and, you know, analysis. Who Maybe give us like two of the top edge rushers and two of the top corners that you think would be ideal fits for the Browns, you know, whether it's a 26 or if we have to trade up for them. So, a couple of guys that I think could be available, like let's say, just let's just say guys who could be available in the range to Browns pick. Um, Gregory Russo from Miami, 6'6, 266, uh, edge rusher. He only has one year of tape as a redshirt freshman, but dominated, dominated that one year in the ACC. Did not test well at all um, for what, you know, people thought he would. And, if he did test as well as everybody thought he would, he would have been completely off the board and would not even be in the in the range for the Browns to take here. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there with, with how that goes. Um, Jalen Phillips is another guy from Miami. Uh, if he doesn't doesn't have an injury history, he's not even he's he's probably a top you know top seven pick in this draft class. He's that good, but he's had. Let's see, I've got. My notes here on him are long. Severe wrist damage as a result of a moped accident. Sprains of both ankles. Three separate concussions, the last of which forced him to medically retire from football. He sat out a year and then decided to transfer to Miami where he just he dominated on the field. So 
you have that. And as an athlete, he tested in the top 99.9% of all defensive ends. I mean, he's a freak, but the injury history, is that something you really want to risk? I don't know. I, I have a feeling that probably half the teams in the league are not even going to have him on their board. Um, a guy who I do think will be available for the Browns in the, in that area and in, in, in the trade back scenario that you guys don't want to see at all, but could be there in the top of the second round is a guy named Carlos Boogie Basham from Wake Forest, 6'3", 274, uh, another tremendous athlete, uh, highly productive at Wake Forest the last three seasons. I spoke earlier about Peyton Turner. Um, uh, in the third, maybe even the third round area, a guy named Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa, 6'6", 262. Um, chested in the top 97% for athletes at defense man position. 41.5-inch uh, vertical jump for a guy at 6'6", 262 is unheard of. Um so those are some of the guys that I think the Browns could target at edge. Uh, corner, um, I spoke earlier about Ifiati Melifonwu. You guys talked last week about Asante Samuel Jr. Greg Newsom, the second from Northwestern, is another guy that could be available at 26 that could be of interest um, to the Browns. If, you, if you're looking for nickel corners, uh, Aaron Robinson from UCF is a guy that could be there in the second round that could uh, look good for the Browns. Cameron Bynum. Uh, from Cal and maybe the third or fourth round area, one of the best tackling cornerbacks I've seen um, in watching tape this season. Uh, Darren Hall from San Diego State is another in that nickel uh, role that is a tremendous, uh, t- tremendous tackler. Uh, so those are some of the guys I think the Browns could look after. Uh, you guys know about Sean Wade. Um, he has to say he's been up and down would be the uh, – would be an understatement, so to speak. <laughs> no kidding. So, uh, <laughs> but he's a guy, you know, I could see the Browns looking at maybe in the second round. Awesome. Well, hey, we'll dive into some of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, we will. Um, all right. Well, we'll let you get out of here. Uh, we want to thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Uh, you know, infinitely more about all these draft prospects than all of us combined. <laughs> so, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, if you guys like what you heard, which I'm assuming you did, Head to deepfrieddraft.com or check uh, Brian out on Twitter at deepfrieddraft. Uh, you know, you got to pay for a lot of these mock drafts and stuff on ESPN. And this dude just laid out all the knowledge you're ever going to need on the draft. So go check out deepfrieddraft.com and check him out on Twitter. Uh, thanks for being with us again today, Brian. Uh, we can't wait to have you on. Hopefully again when we do another mock, hopefully it goes a little bit better. And then even, you know, post-draft, have you on, you know, see what you think of what the Browns actually ended up doing. Hey, man, that sounds great, man. I had a great time doing this. Awesome. Hey, we'll talk to you later. You have a good day. Have a good Easter. You too, buddy. See. Well, I would say that was awesome. Not terrible for our first uh, ever mock draft. I mean, I think we definitely had some picks that <laughs> seemed like okay, we would never do that. But I think we hit on more than I was expecting to hit on based on what Brian said. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't know that the guy was going to go back to. He was in our simulator. You know, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, but I mean, the fact that we took somebody yeah. who's not even eligible for the draft now, you no, know, so that that puts a ding on our pick. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think you know, for being our first ever mock draft, we did all right, and uh, we really appreciate Brian coming on, going through that with us. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before we kind of move into their next quick segment here, um, just want to talk to you guys all about Manscaped. Uh, you know, we've been talking about Manscaped. You know, they send us some stuff. They're the best in men's below the waist grooming. Uh, They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Tools for your jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. They're trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. It's a lot of dudes, okay, getting their their jewels cleaned up real nice. We have an exclusive (laughs) offer for you guys listening right now. So uh, go to manscaped.com. Get yourself the lawnmower 3.0, the perfect package 3.0. Enter code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. That's at manscaped.com. Just a little bit personal testimony here. I know that there have been times in the past that I've uh, hit a snag or two when I've been doing a little bit of grooming on myself. And um, (laughs) let's just say with uh, Manscaped, that that, uh, worry has gone out the window. Um, They even got a little LED light on there. So if you're in the shower, you know, know, it's not exactly the best place where you're trying to groom. Uh, All of a sudden, Eureka, you can see what you're doing. Um, 
Yeah, lo- love these products. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been uh, doing some grooming in like uh, gas station bathrooms and stuff like that. That's what it sounds <laughs> like going down. You man. can throw the you can throw the lawnmower in like your survival kit. Yeah, like if you ever lost in the Absolutely. wilderness, you can use it as a flashlight. Yeah, Absolutely. So you can shave yourself and keep your make a blanket and keep yourself warm. <laughs> <laughs> Get over to manscape.com. Code dogs D A W G S twenty percent off your order plus free shipping. Uh, your balls will thank you. Uh, man, that never gets old hearing no. that. No. <laughs> so like we said at the beginning of the show, if you want to get an intro or voicemail in on the show, you know, you head to thedogspodcast.com and leave us a, a voicemail. We have one from John today. Uh, we really appreciate you sending this in, and uh, let's get into it. Hey, what's going on, guys? New guy here. Just started listening to your podcast. Um, just watch the one from the March 20th. Um, and I'm on the same page with all of you guys, man. Andrew Sedale was a bum. Uh, I don't even know why we kept on starting him. I would have rather have started Sheldrick Redwine. <laughs> but I think the prediction, my prediction for the draft would be Zayvon Collins convert him to edge rusher. He's the same exact size as Miles Garrett. Still kind of worried about the linebacker position. But hopefully Malcolm Smith and Anthony Walker Jr. could step that up and fly around the field for us. Um, still not sold on corner either. Denzel Ward stays hurt. Greedy Williams, he had a decent rookie year out all last year. I just hope he comes back, stays healthy, and balls out for us. Thanks for the time. Well, hey, first of all, John, thanks for calling in, uh, taking the time to watch us. That goes for all you, the the new listeners out there. We see your comments. We, we interact with you guys. We appreciate everybody new listening to the show. Uh, the first thing you said was Andrew Sandeo is a bum. Couldn't yes. agree more. Completely. <laughs> uh, and then as far as the you know your take on Zayvon Collins, I'm I'm liking this guy more and more just because of his versatility. The thing that scares me the most is I just don't think this front office – puts a lot of stock into linebackers, yep. even though it's been an Achilles heel for the Browns for, it feels like my whole life. Yeah. But I mean, just, just having that long conversation with Brian, I mean, it just, he just reiterated over and over. I mean, what the Browns are looking for, he didn't even, it, it was that cornerback position in that first round. I think that he was gearing more toward, mm-hmm. you know, moving up a little bit to try to take a guy. Um, and then just kind of waiting for that edge rusher, you know, second round or so. So, in, you know, if we, I think if we move up and we take a you know a, a really good corner in the draft, you know I can stomach that. But if if we stay pat at twenty six and Collins is on the board, and we pass on him, that's where it's gonna it's gonna hurt me a little bit because, you know, the guy's so versatile. I mean, he's Miles Garrett, and we can play him at linebacker, and then he can rush the passer on third and fourth down if needed. So to me, he he almost fills two needs. Yeah, and I know that was, I mean, that's what John was getting at. That's what our rationale was. We weren't taking a straight-up linebacker, you know, when we drafted him in our mock draft. It was, this guy could play edge, you I know, think, rush off the edge if we need him. Yeah. yeah. I think we like what we have, too, with Phillips. I mean, yeah, especially if we're yeah. only going to have two, two. I've even heard stuff where we might only have one linebacker on the field. Yeah, just depend, I would just, assume it depends on down-distance scenario, right. that kind of thing. I don't know. So I'm okay. I I would be very disappointed if... We got to the draft and we still don't have that edge rusher, that starting guy, and then we don't address it. But also, if we go and get a stud cornerback and we solidify, we kind of, me and Blake were talking on the way over and the draft where they took Denzel Ward. I remember I wanted Bradley Chubb really bad. And I kept saying, man, can you imagine those two dudes coming off the edge? And man, we could just, you know, we don't need to address that anymore. And why do we take Ward? And I, the rationale was, well, Hey, if they can shut down the receivers out there, the quarterback has to hold on to the ball longer. You don't need that guy. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing too. I, I, that's an excellent point because if you can make that quarterback hold on to the ball just a split second longer and you got two guys or three guys trying to double, triple team miles on one side, we got guys coming up. The, you know, Malik Jackson's in here now. Yeah. You yeah. know, whoever else we get coming off the other side. I think that was the Browns' big weakness last year on – Defense was couldn't cover anybody. Couldn't no. Yeah, I mean, couldn't Mike cover. Lennon looked like yeah, a Mike pro Lennon. Bowler. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, that that's my my theory is if the Browns stay put at twenty six, I don't I don't know if there's a corner good enough 
to to draft at 26 yeah. that we couldn't be able to get if especially if we move around and be aggressive like we think and move back up closer to the top of the second round that's why i think if you stay at 26 and collins is there you take collins and then you move from 59 and you move back up into the 40s and take that corner you know what i mean don't just take best available corner just because he's there that's you might be uh reaching on him you might be able to get him later and so and still get a stud like collins and like he said we don't know what we're going to get with greedy i mean i know like his rookie year he was he showed glimpses of being all right but i mean we we don't know what we're getting greedy or delpit and i liked i liked delpit coming out and that's another one too i'm like man if if i knew that he was just going to walk out there and be a stud and you know everything was going to be great i wouldn't have any worries at all but to say I'm not worried, it would be right. That is the thing with Delpa is you can't you can't now greedy you can do this, but with Delpa you can't look back and say oh well when he was on the field right. for the Browns you can't look back and say that because he's never been on the field yeah, for the Browns. So we 2018 don't he looked great for LSU. Well, man, in 2018 I was still doing pretty good. So who knows what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> but all right, well, hey, like I said, thanks, John, for calling in. Uh, you know, call in next episode. Everybody call in. We get enough of these. You know, we can. You know, we'll do 10 in an episode if we need to. Yeah, I'd like so. to do an entire, you know, mailbag episode. So leave your comments on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, call in, voicemails, intros. We need more intros from the fans out there. I mean, if you want to intro a show, I mean, the, the door's wide open for you guys. Yep. Do yep. it. So thank you again. All right. Well, I think Josh is going to tell yeah. us a little bit La- about the Northwest group. Last thing real quick. Uh, we do have this contest going on. So far, we've gotten three people to enter, so there's a pretty good chance one of them is going to win. Um, <laughs> if you would like to saturate the process a little bit, please get your entries in. Um, so I think I got this camera over here. You guys can win this awesome cloud pillow. This thing is super comfortable. Blake, do you want to hold up that blanket real quick? Show that camera over here. This is a Baker Mayfield fleece throw. Uh, we have these two items up for you know, the contest here. So what you need to do is either subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, share each episode on Facebook. So you can enter multiple times that way. You can retweet each episode on Twitter. So the multiple entries that way, or go to Apple podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Now, anytime you do any of these things, take a screenshot of it, email it to the dogs pod at gmail.com. And that's an entry into the contest. Yeah. For, for everybody who already is a subscriber on YouTube, you know, we're, if you're already a subscriber on YouTube, then um, head to Facebook, share the video. Right. Or, you know, if you're already a subscriber, you know, then just head to Apple, write a review, send it in. You know, we're not trying to neglect any of the, the guys who've already been following us. So, you know, we want to give everybody multiple chances to to get in. Right now you got a 66.66% chance of winning. So let's <laughs> lower I, those odds a little bit. I really want to – emphasize the uh, five-star review on Apple because if you guys like this podcast, if you like the Browns content that we're going after here, help us out on Apple Podcasts because the more five-star reviews we get and the more subscribers we get on Apple Podcasts especially, that'll increase our rankings and help us get discovered more easily by other Browns fans around the world. So help us out, guys. We This is a show for the fans, by the fans, and we appreciate everybody's support. Yeah, and as far as this stuff's concerned, it's super nice. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to give it away to you guys. So I told you guys, uh, I literally have a, a Moana blanket in my uh, cart right now from them because <laughs> I, you know, I got kids. So, yeah, I mean, the Mandalorian stuff on there is pretty yes. sweet. Yeah. yeah. Get yourself some baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So head to the Northwest.com and, uh, you know, use your promo code dogs, but also enter our contest because this is some really nice stuff and, you know, it helps out the show that you guys are listening to, uh, so we want to thank you guys for checking out another episode of The Dogs. Big thank you to Brian Bosarge for being with us today. That was awesome. Uh, remember to check us out on Facebook. Please share the episode. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and please subscribe on YouTube. Lastly, remember to head to the Northwest Group and use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for 25% off your entire order. If blankets and pillows aren't your thing and you're more into shaving your nuts, head to manscaped.com and use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for free shipping and 20% off your entire order. Remember to head to thedogspodcast.com to leave us an intro and a voicemail. Uh, We hope you all have a great Easter, and we'll see you guys next week.
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.